1: The idea that a team surges after firing their coach because they have a new start, at least against the Vegas number, that's not the case. The one thing that makes me think it could be the case for the Packers is I think Aaron Rodgers has a statement to make. You're listening to Fox
3: Sports Radio. Radio. Radio.
1: The talk around the sports world centers
2: around Green Bay and the fallout from Mike McCarthy's firing and who will be the next man in charge to work with Aaron Rodgers. So, RJ, we've heard the rumors. We've heard the speculation on the Packers' next head coach. What do the numbers, and more importantly, what does Vegas say about the next head coach in Green Bay?
1: Yeah, that's what Vegas does best is objective or make objective the odds. And right now, the favorite to be the next, and this is the betting favorite to be the next Packers coach, Josh McDaniels, plus 170. So 100 wins you 170. So far less than 50% chance, but the clear favorite, Josh McDaniels. Number two, Lincoln Riley, almost 3-1. to one. So 100 wins you about 300. The third favorite, John DeFilippo. Minnesota's offensive coordinator, a little bit over three to one. And those are the big three. I mean, it drops all the way down to ten to one after that. And you see a lot of names. So McDaniels, Riley, D. Now, also on the list, interesting, potential the odds, next Packers coach, John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh from the Ravens. And then Jim Harbaugh, Chris Carter today on First Things First said, hey, he had a source, a contact that said that Jim might be interested or at least is in the running. Now, his odds aren't even being offered. So if Chris Carter's correct, the betting market doesn't think so right now. And when it comes to, you know, Michigan – Well, it'd be interesting if Harbaugh left right now.
2: Why would you leave now? The the guy you couldn't beat with all your might is finally gone. Urban Meyer is retiring in a month. Why leave now? Everything's there for the taking.
1: Well, there's a couple of answers here. One could be Harbaugh. He smells. I mean, it could be that, right? Just in general. (laughs) It's erratic. But also it could be that in a weird way, it almost be like, what's the point? Like, even if he wins next year against the Buckeyes with Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, how much less satisfying, Brad, would that be? It's it's almost like if you and, – and, and they actually talked about that with Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Like, on one hand, you could think when, um, you know, Larry hurt his back and was out, you know, wasn't as competitive for a while, Magic felt like he wasn't as engaged. He said it. And vice versa, Bird felt the same way when Magic wasn't – playing or, you know, with the HIV and all that where he played and, or he was playing, then he didn't, then he was playing. So Harbaugh, let's give him credit. I'm not a fan. I'm more not a fan because I respect him. And as an Ohio State grad, I don't like him, right? But I got to appreciate that he's a competitor. Whatever. Yeah, listen, when you smell, it's because you're moving so much. You're so excited. Right? He's a competitor. Let's give him his due. In a way, it could be like, well, I can't really achieve. I guess a national title obviously would be a hell of an achievement, but it strikes me the two things he'd want to do is beat Ohio State specifically, Urban Meyer, and win a national title. Now he can only do one of them. It seems like that for a normal person that having it, making it easier to beat Ohio State would actually make the Michigan job more attractive, but I think for an alpha A type like Harbaugh. It makes it less attractive. What do you think, Brad? I couldn't agree more with that. I know when I'm competing with someone spot for spot, if for some reason they leave, man, the satisfaction of beating them, to me, that's better than anything. And now that they're no longer there, it just wouldn't feel the same to me. R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. Last thing about the Packers, rest of the season. So they're favored by five and a half right now at home against the Falcons. So to me, home field's three. Packers have a really good home field, so let's call it four. They're still saying the Packers are clearly better than Atlanta. And there's been talk, and Fezzik said it, oh, when a coach gets fired, you see a surge, you see a surge. Well, our second associate producer back here in Vegas, Mackie, did some research for us. If we go back to 2003 and look at all the coaches fired during the season and look at their next Game, the team's next game against the spread. So that will be the Packers coming up here against the Falcons. 12 and 11 against the spread. So pretty much a coin flip. No real surge. 0 and 3, last three. Now, if you look at the rest of the season after the first game, after, all right, the teams are 57 winners against the spread, 55 losers. So again, Right there at a coin flip. And if you just look in 2015, 16, 17, and 18, because we got Hugh Jackson in the mix, so the last four years, the rest of the season, we already talked about those, in those years, those coaches had lost three in a row the next game. But then if you go beyond that, 8-19 8-19 against the spread. So the, the trend has been these teams have gone down after the firing, which kind of makes sense. In the modern age where players aren't as worried about what the coaches think and there's always this talk, hey, there's a new sheriff in town. Players got to play extra hard. Maybe they just don't care as much. Maybe they think the player empowerment means more. But either way, history tells us that the idea that a team surges after firing their coach because they have a new start, at least against the Vegas number, that's not the case. The one thing that makes me think it could be the case for the Packers is I think Aaron Rodgers has a statement to make. Everyone knows he pushed out McCarthy. If he doesn't have a good ending of the year, he'll get so much more heat. If he does, it'll be like, hey, Aaron was right all along, and I'm pretty sure that's what Aaron wants us to be saying
3: be sure to catch live editions of straight out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: We move now to a brand new feature on the show called cash questions from the NFL. And we start Thursday night football. It's the Jaguars at the Titans. So the question is RJ, what Jacksonville team are we going to see the team that lost seven straight or the team that shut out a red hot Colts team last week?
1: I tell you, Fezzik had such a great insight. And when you've done this for 30-plus years, you've heard a lot of the rationale. He had a fresh one about this Jags team. If you look at the stats, you look at the scoring, Kessler was no upgrade. If anything, a downgrade on the offensive side as a quarterback, obviously for the Jags. But what happened was that defense played with so much more vigor. Remember, Jags had been on a seven-game losing streak. The season was over. They had made, They had been less than a half a football away, two quarters less than that, from the Super Bowl, the Jacksonville Jags. And now seven straight losses. The idea they played with the fire they did against the Colts, against a red-hot Colts team, it had been like many, many games in a row that Andrew Luck had had three touchdowns at minimum throwing in each game, and they shut him out. I think Fezzik's take was Bortles was such a negative in that locker room for whatever reason that just replacing him, maybe it was a slight downgrade on offense, maybe, but it was a significant upgrade for the Jacksonville D, and to me, I think that's something that carries over. So if anything, I think Jacksonville today is significantly upgraded relative to where they were two weeks ago with Bortles, even though Bortles is the better quarterback. It shows you these are human beings and there's emotions involved.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
1: Emmanuel Sanders, worth about a half point. If you look at the market, Denver was about a five point favorite. At San Francisco, moved to about four in some spots, four and a half in others. But remember, five is not a key number. It doesn't fall. Games don't often fall with a margin of five. So it's more of a solid half a point. I think worth more than you would expect, perhaps, because of the thinness at receiver with Denver. Um, They traded away Thomas, a wide receiver, and Sanders was by far the go-to guy left. So... To me, Ace, it certainly moves the needle against the Broncos in a way Vegas has taken notice of Sanders out for the Broncos.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: Bears and the Rams Sunday night in Chicago right now on pregame.com. The Rams are a three-point
1: favorite. Yeah, so Rams, even though they covered last week, late score, we had and we were happy as a big favorite. Last eight games, Rams have covered twice, twice only in eight games. So you're thinking, okay, overrated a little bit, maybe. But one thing makes me positive about the Rams, one thing makes me negative. The positive is Tlaib. Now, if you look at weeks one through three when Tlaib was healthy, their cornerback. The Rams allowed 12 points per game, best in the NFL. Weeks four through 12, Rams were without Talib; They allowed 31 points a game. 12 points with Tlaib, three games. Weeks four through 12, 31 points. Last week, Tlaib's back, gives up 16 points. So four games, you're looking at you know 13, almost 14 points a game. With Talib, over 30 points a game without Talib, That makes you think, boy, the market's not grading Talib like that. Could he be that valuable? No, but could he be much more valuable than we think? Yeah, the numbers seem to think so. You always got to be careful, or say so. You always got to be careful with small sample sizes. But, boy, the fact he came back and we saw it again, pretty good sign. What makes me worried about the Rams, and Jonas, we talked about this yesterday, those fires. And I know it's something that as time has passed, it's like, oh, wasn't that a while back? The Rams had a bye before Detroit. After the game, Gurley said the following, quote, it was a long week. I'm tired. Wait a minute. You just had a bye. This is supposed to be a late season bye is a big advantage. You need the bye. you think that the team would be, Already back to go. And I know Gurley's just one guy, but he's a key guy. I mean, does it strike? I mean, you being really around those fires, Jonas, do you feel like there's a lingering fatigue? And obviously, you're not a professional athlete. You play one on the radio, but... (laughs) thoughts
2: yeah, yeah no i think there is definitely lingering fatigue um you also got to factor in not only the fires but they've been in a lot of close games that have come down to the wire seattle that monday night duel but with that's Kansas what the City. buy is
1: supposed to help you with right is fresh enough right. that.
2: yeah they, they've traveled over to to london they stayed in denver which was a weird move
1: by sean mcveigh and the team uh an extra well, no week it was they didn't a brilliant move Remember, the game was supposed to be in Mexico City against right. Kansas City. Patriots stayed at altitude the yep. week before. It was a great move. It just backfired, though they won the game, because they weren't, didn't end up playing at altitude.
2: Yeah, there's no way – nobody out here, whether it be the shootings or the fires, is just completely over it. Living in Thousand Oaks, it, there's reminders everywhere. There's still murals all over the place. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's not a great scene.
1: So, I, to me, the Rams fatigue, which you wouldn't expect – is a negative, and we'll see. In another week, maybe they're freshened up, but they're on the road again, right? Here's the thing. I don't want to bet the Bears either, though. They're supposed to to be old school, run the ball, play some great defense, get a strip sack, and pound some Budweiser after the game. Well, (laughs) no sponsorship there. If you look at the prior five games, the Bears have played. Here's their yards per rush. Every time they attempt to run, and oh, by the way, the average in the NFL is a little above four yards of carry. 2.6, 2.5, 3.8, 2.5, 3.7. So five games, every game below the NFL average, some of them significantly below the Bears not running the ball effectively. The four games before that, four and a half, 5.3 5.4, 5.3. 5.4, 5.3. This team was running the ball the Bears exceptionally well and now they're not. You can say Chase Daniel is part of that, but that's only been 2 games and it's been 5. So to me, we've been speculating here on straight out of Vegas the whole season, Nagy scheming up things really effectively, but eventually the DC's tend to figure that kind of thing out. At least their ability to run the ball, the Bears, has really suffered. And you look on top of that, I want to ask the question, and maybe Fez had a little bit of insight. He likes the Bears, gave out the line move. Did he have a little bit on the Trubisky news? Well, you know, you never quite know. We make it a rule. You got (laughs) to share what you know. But, uh, you know, Fez. He didn't mention that in his handy thing. Listen. That's why he's Fez, right? That's why he wins. That's why he has a mansion and a yacht. Yeah, and then he doesn't show up the next day. It just makes you wonder. <laughs> well, listen, we've been doing this for, what, almost three months? Right. Two days, yes. right? We'll give it to him. Be sure to
3: catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.